Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of BTS by the Book, a podcast that explores BTS through books about BTS, one chapter at a time. I'm your host, the BTS Bookworm. This episode was introduced by a few seconds from the song Danger, which has a direct tie-in to the chapter of the week from the book called BTS Icons of K-Pop. This is the fully revised and updated edition from 2020 by Adrian Besley. Publisher is Michael O'Mara Books. I could not tell for sure what year the first edition of this book came out, whether it was 2017 or 2018. So I'm sorry, I don't know for sure, but I think it was around that time. So this update was uh, a few years uh, in the making. This is a 272-page book with only two uh, sections of photos in the middle. And so it's mostly text. I mean, this is a 90% text-based book, which makes it a perfect fit for this podcast, which focuses on books with substance. Okay, And I never want it to sound bad when I talk about books that don't have substance. Actually, I try not to talk about them. But anyway, there's nothing wrong with those books. There's a time and a place for them. There's certainly a market for them. But, but you know, for a podcast like this, the only good fit uh, type of book would be a book with a lot of substance. This book has 24 chapters. Now, the chapters are so brief in this book that I have decided to make an executive uh, decision and consider two of those chapters during this episode. Uh, I try very hard not to do that. So this will definitely be the exception, not the rule. But occasionally I'll make sure you are aware that you know a chapter length portion of a book is the main focus of each episode. And this is one of those books that just has fairly short chapters, which if you're reading the book, you'll actually appreciate. I do. I like the length of the chapters. Uh, there are 24 after all, so there's a lot of, of material here. To add to the weirdness, we will be looking not at two consecutive chapters, and I want to explain why. We're looking at chapters 3 and 5 from this book. And the reason I'm skipping chapter 4 is because in the first half of the book, after two initial early history chapters on BTS. The author starts an alternating pattern uh, considering another period from the group's history and then every other chapter having a, a focus on a particular member of the group. So chapter 4, for example, focuses on RM. 
That's his chapter. And then two chapters later, another member is uh, receives some focus. Now, I do have a plan for considering chapters that uh, turn the spotlight uh, directly on a member, one at a time. I have a plan for that. Uh, the the uh, forthcoming episode 10 will be a focus on one member, for example. And when I get there, I want to look at that one member through the lens of three chapters, actually. Uh, one chapter, for, uh, three chapters, one from each book, uh, three books, and do some comparing and contrasting. And so I'd rather do that when it comes to uh, the members uh, as individuals, and so I'm skipping chapter four for that reason. So we'll eventually get to the RM chapter. I just don't know when. Um, so chapters three and five. Now I do want, as always, to read a little bit from the intro of this book so that you have some context for any chapter in the book, uh, much less chapters three and five, which uh, uh, come obviously after uh, chapters one and two. So here are uh, a few quotes from the intro of Bestley's book. Uh, from page eight, this book charts the rise of BTS. From seven boys with seven dreams to one superstar group of young men who achieved a shared vision of global success. BTS, Icons of K-Pop, which is the title, will demonstrate just how they reached such remarkable heights. Skipping a couple lines, the book will also look at the background to B BTS's music, detail exactly what it's like to see B BTS live, and which big names BTS have met along the way. Skip another line. The book will also look at the band's incredible fan base. ARMY are one of the most, if not the most, informed, dedicated, and unified fandoms in the world. Last quote from the last paragraph of this intro. This book originally told the story of BTS's incredible rise to global popularity. However, since it was first published, they have gone on to achieve so much more. It has therefore been updated to cover their astonishing achievements over the past few years, which is exactly what he does. And in chapters 1 and 2, we have the earliest history uh, portrayed by the author. And I plan to get to those chapters back to back, chapters 1 and 2, at some point down the road. Uh, but I'm skipping them for tonight. So, but, but obviously, those chapters talk some about the, the, the time period prior to uh, BTS's debut and then just immediately after. And then we get to chapter three, and that's where I want to start. Uh, I can't say enough. I know this is the overview portion, and I want to save some review uh, here in a, for a little bit, but uh, this today would be the book I would buy someone or recommend to someone who was maybe the old, uh, over the age of 20, 25 or so, so definitely an adult, uh, who had 
just discovered BTS and who asked me for a book recommendation, I would recommend this book. And uh, that's due to several reasons that'll probably come up even today. Uh, the author has a very readable uh, writing style and with a conciseness, he's still able to provide wonderful descriptions of videos, songs, etc. Uh, he just has a way with words, in my opinion. And so I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of this book and the way uh, the author goes about uh, telling the story of BTS. Chapter 3 is 10 pages long. It's called Rookie Kings. So uh, they're, uh, the group at this point in their history is obviously they're rookies still. This would probably cover the latter portion of their debut, debut year, uh, in two, 2013. The Kings portion in my opinion, refers mainly to some of the awards BTS receives uh, near the end of their first year. And so that's what I think the author means by kings. Um, so uh, keep that in mind. We have in this chapter, uh, starting on page 30, like I said, this is a 10-page chapter. No pictures in here because the pictures are are in the middle of the book. There's just some picture sections. A lot of biographies uh, use pictures that way, I think. And there's talk about uh, the track called No, capital N period, capital O, uh, that was released September 2013. He spends a couple of chapter, uh, chap, I'm sorry, paragraphs talking about the video. And I wanted to say that there's no one that I have read when it comes to BTS authors who does a better job in a very succinct way describing video content. Uh, and and that, that would carry over into other things like concerts and stuff like that. But uh, usually when I read someone describing a video, I feel like I have to go watch it myself. Because maybe I thought the description wasn't adequate. I don't feel that way when I read this author's descriptions of videos like this one for No and uh, it's only two paragraphs, so he doesn't talk about it for that long. But I, even though I haven't seen, I honestly have not seen this video he's talking about, but I feel like I don't need to go watch it. I feel like I know enough about it now that I could just move on. Uh, and I really appreciate that. Uh, two thumbs up for his descriptions of videos and his descriptions of pretty much anything. Uh, after a couple of paragraphs dealing with no... Uh, he talks about the second in their school trilogy, O-R-U-Late-2. I never know how to pronounce that when I'm speaking it. 
because it looks so weird. That's the title, the capital O, exclamation, R-U-L, etc. And that was released in September 2013. And that gets some talk for a page and a half and uh, songs, uh, tracks, I should say, from that album get about a paragraph's worth of, or half maybe, uh, descriptions uh, for the next page and a half. And then we get to where what I th think would be uh, getting close to the king's portion of the focus here. Uh, and here's a transitional statement. I'm quoting, page 33, what BTS really needed at this point was to show potential fans what they were about. The easiest way would be through a variety show, end quote. And the author goes on to talk about how uh, that that's a staple, um, certainly in Korea, was at the time, probably still is, and uh, some groups had had done well uh, being the focus of a variety show, kind of a variety show focused around them. And uh, before you know it, uh, the show Rookie King Channel Bangtan uh, put into production um, an eight-episode uh, series uh, featuring BTS. And the author talks about how important that was to getting their name and uh, out there and their reputation in a good way established with uh, probably some fans they already had and, of course, being introduced to a lot of new fans, too. Uh, that's talked about for a couple of chapters here. On page 34... There's another very important statement made here. I want to quote it as well. Uh, the author says, To stay at the top required major financial backing, which big hit were struggling to find. The pressure to keep on going was huge. This next paragraph is one of my favorite quotes in these two chapters. The author writes, many other talented K-pop groups had not been able to live with this kind of pressure, and it's no surprise that around this time there were rumors that BTS were considering disbanding. Maybe you've heard of those rumors. Imagine all of the amazing stuff we would have missed out on. It was ARMY that prevented them quitting. Their messages of love and support and the enthusiastic attendance at fan meets kept the boys going through the hard times. Now, I've heard talk about this from time to time, uh, but but not much in this specific context, like time-wise, chronologically. When was it that ARMY stepped up in a major way and kept the group going, kept the group maybe together? And so I really appreciate that statement. Now, there. This is the kind of statement you know you can't expect the author to 
you know, cite their sources or provide references, footnotes, etc. It just seems to be a statement that was just well said and, and captured well what was going on at the time. And here's where the king's portion really kicks in because in November uh, at the Mellon Music Awards, BTS won Best New Artist. That's talked about for a couple of paragraphs here, especially uh, mentioning how surprised RM seemed to be that they actually won that. Uh, the Rising Star Prize went to BTS uh, at the Golden Disc Awards right after the start of the new year, 2014. And then they won, also early 2014, Best New Artist at the Soul Music Awards. And so, just one right after another. Uh, it, it, King's is an apt description of kind of where they were sitting at the time, uh, uh, as rookies at least, on a throne, uh, for sure. Now, in the middle of this talk about awards, we find the first of many, many in this book, uh, what I would call sidebars, but they're not sidebars. They're not on the side. They're kind of in the middle of the page to break up the text. But it's not a photo. It's what the author refers to as bangtan bombs, which a lot of you are probably familiar with. Uh, these little cute video uh, videos uh that portray BTS being kind of like normal people and maybe goofing off and just being themselves. And uh, what this author does is every few pages, he will insert a Bangtan bomb reference with about a paragraph describing what you'll find if you go and watch this video, which thankfully these are probably all still online, easily found on YouTube or something like that. And he places these just at the right place so that when you're reading something and you want to know a little bit more and you might appreciate a video, he draws your attention to Bangtan Bomb videos primarily. I don't, uh, so far I haven't seen him reference anything but that series. It reminds me of an interactive textbook sort of where instead of a link that would just take you into a video to supplement what you've just gotten through reading, he just has these little offset uh, tidbits of information with enough info for you to easily go out and find the video yourself. There's no link here. Uh, it's just the title of that Bangtan bomb is mentioned here. So he does this twice, in chapter 3, three times in chapter 5. So that's the first reference there. Uh, then uh, we get to the third installment of the... Uh, the trilogy of albums, uh, School Love Affair is mentioned here, and that is talked about for, uh, let's see, about two and a half pages, in fact, very close to the very end, the end of the chapter, uh, with uh, a lot of the songs getting close to a paragraph and uh, there's video talk, 
about Boy in Love in particular, and I'll say it again, I really like the author's descriptions of videos. It may not sound like a big deal, but it is to, to me. We have one more Bangtan bomb before the end of the chapter. But that pretty much brings us to the end of chapter 3. Ch chapter 5, remember, chapter 4 is the RM chapter. But chapter 5 picks up the history after uh, that, that School Love Affair album. Uh, we get this next chapter called American Hustlers. Now, this is a 10-page ch chapter. I would say that the, the specific talk about the American uh, travels of BTS during this time period, it probably takes up about three pages of the 10. So the author's just choosing to highlight the American angle, I think because of how important it was to BTS at that time. And even, you know, I bet they're still benefiting probably today from those, from uh, those trips, plural, uh, back in 2014. So that's what this chapter's uh, uh, talking about uh, primarily, although there are a lot of travels talked about in this chapter. Uh, we have second page of the chapter uh, talking about trip to China, then a trip to Japan, then a trip to Moscow and Russia. We have talk about their first ever festa on June 13th, 2014. Aren't we glad those started and continue to this day? Uh, we have a reference. This is setting up the first American trip for the group. This reference to Jungkook being the only, it's funny, he was the youngest of the group, but he was the only one who had traveled to Los Angeles to participate at a dance academy there, but none of the others had come to the U.S. before. Uh, Jungkook made that trip in 2012. And uh, so the group makes the trip um, specifically to L.A., and they are coming to film segments for the reality-type series, American Hustle Life. And they end up uh, starring in eight episodes. And I will say it again, uh, since these episodes were filmed, their video content, uh, I've only seen small segments of these segments. I've never watched a full episode, if I'm not mistaken, but the author does such a great job in a very succinct way describing these episodes, some of them, some of the more memorable scenes. I hardly feel like I need to go watch them. I just feel like I'm watching them through his words. It's it's really cool. Uh, one quote that I really like on page 55 reads this way, seeing each, this is in reference to one of the episodes, Several, probably. Seeing each of the group in trying situations does give us a great picture of BTS at this stage of their career. They clearly learn some lessons, especially in dealing with people. They have to meet ordinary folk and work mundane jobs, sometimes for mean bosses. Jimin and RM cleaning the bathroom is comedy gold. 
and they even have to talk to girls, end quote. I love that. Uh, now, that kind of statement makes me want to go watch some of these episodes more. But uh, it's when he's describing the episodes themselves that I really feel like I'm, uh, I'm practically uh, watching them. In August, uh, after the filming of those episodes, they end up in Brazil. They come back to L.A. before you know it for KCON 2014. That's talked about here with uh, two paragraphs. Uh, there's a statement here, BTS might not have been headliners at KCON 2014, but they were a major attraction. And there's a quote from the LA Times mentioned here, the group made the strongest impression of all the U.S. debuting acts. This won't be the last time they play to thrilled crowds in the States. And that's a quote from the LA Times mentioned here. And isn't that the truth? They... This chapter starts winding down by talking about you know, one of the things I've appreciated about BTS since their earliest days was how they how hard working they are. They never sit around just enjoying the success. They're just constantly working, working, um, and. Th the author highlights that uh, by talking about what they were doing on the side while they were doing things uh, like filming for uh, episodes for American Hustle Life. They're still composing music, still writing and recording. Uh, when they're in L.A., they're not just sitting around waiting for that to happen when they got back to, to Korea. Uh, and since they since they had that kind of work ethic and since they stuck at it, I mean, they think about how tired they must have been. They were able to get very close to releasing the album Dark and Wild uh, shortly after all that uh, came to pass. And there's talk here about uh, three paragraphs worth about the music, a music video for one of the songs released on that album called danger and I don't need to tell you about that video most of you have probably seen it but this author was uh, especially impressed with that video I guess that's a, a safe way to put it he does a great job describing it one of his statements uh, that he ends with for this section is uh, as ever they stay perfectly in sync but watch as they introduce the high blood pressure part of the dance with an attention-grabbing neck rub and shrug of the shoulder, then transform the macho arm fold or crouch into something more emotional and expressive. This may be where BTS dance came of age. And, you know, I like the way he's, he's hedging his bets. He's saying this may be where it did. And, you know, that's probably what I would say, too. You can't prove it. Uh, wouldn't even try, but but he may be on to something. That's what he's he's saying there. And maybe you get a taste of how well uh, this author uh, writes with, with that statement. Uh, the next two, three, uh, and a half pages that pretty much wind down the chapter uh, are obviously talking about the tracks from this album. 
uh, and each one gets roughly a paragraph's worth of attention. And as I mentioned earlier, there are three Bangtan bomb uh, you know, cutaway references in the middle of the text. Uh, the last one in this chapter is on page 60. It's uh, referring to the runway in the night installment of Bangtan Bomb and uh, about a paragraph describing it. Just enough to pique your interest and make you want to go watch it. And uh, I would say with those Bangtan Bomb references, he doesn't describe them. He just provides a little teaser so you can go watch it yourself. Uh, the last statement I want to read in this chapter uh, just jumped out at me. I thought it was kind of funny. and uh, It's from page 61. The author writes, quote, They are a group building their fan base through social media, yet they are bold enough to ask, Would you turn off your cell phone? Do they look like your parents? No, but you can't deny the message. We're missing out on a personal connection if we live our lives through our phones, end quote. Of course, that's a reference to one of the tracks in the uh, on the album. And I have a love-hate relationship with my cell phone, so that's probably one that jumped out at me. But th that section... Uh, is probably what I would call the last chapter in the uh, early phase portion of BTS history in this book. Uh, I have shared some comments already regarding how I feel about this chapter uh, uh, it, when it comes to reviewing it. I, I, I believe the chapter does a wonderful job representing BTS uh, certainly how hard-working they are. And uh, there's enough uh, in the chapter to uh, help the reader understand how important certain steps were during the year 2013 and 2014 that laid a foundation for uh, what, what, what could be considered an explosion of popularity that took place shortly thereafter. And uh, so, uh, and I've already shared some of my favorite quotes uh, from the chapter. Uh, and I'll say it for probably the 10th time. This author just he probably was an English major uh, at, at one point in his life. He, he just has a way with words. And I think he uh, would certainly appeal to you know, uh, older adolescents and certainly adults with his writing. And so I would certainly consider, uh, I would certainly encourage you to consider uh, picking up your own copy of BTS Icons of K-Pop. It's fully revised and updated edition 2020. You can find it easily on Amazon. No problem at all. I think you'll definitely enjoy the read. And there'll be enough photos in the middle of the book to uh, uh, give you something to look at. 
their nice glossy uh, photos there. As always, I would like to encourage you to do something for me if you like this podcast and you want to see it continue and you want to uh, encourage me and my efforts to keep this podcast going. I don't need you to provide wonderful reviews of the podcast. I don't need you to support me uh, personally. I would like to encourage you to consider supporting a very worthwhile and book-related cause, and that is Books for Africa. You'll find them online at booksforafrica.org. I have no affiliation or ties with BFA whatsoever. I just know enough about their work to be very impressed, and I feel like it's a work that BTS would find very uh, helpful and worthwhile as well. Why? Because they care about the little people. They care about helping people, and so certainly that's what BFA attempts to do by ending the attempting to end the book famine in Africa. They've been doing this since the 80s. If you make a donation and want to let me know that you have, or if you want to ask me a question or make a comment, I'm open to all of that and so much more. You can email me at btsbythebook at gmail.com. And you can also find BTS by the book on Facebook if you're interested. That's all we have for this episode. Thank you again for joining me. We will talk to you very soon for episode number seven. Goodbye for now.